first off, to be able to code switch is you have to have a great understanding of knowledge of self. Like knowledge of meaning know thy ledge. Hell yeah. So you know when you walk into a room, like I don't read books just to read books. I read books so I can read a room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I yeah. can read energy. All right, all right. Uh, back again with another episode, episode 29 of the Black is the New Rich podcast. Today we got a very special guest, and I mean like he wears different hats and I respect him on and off the court because I've always heard about him from when I was a little kid about his status on the court and he's a legend and to me to be honest like what he does off the court is more intriguing because I've been watching his moves for a while I'm like you know there's something about this guy that like you know that he he just gets it and he's moving to push uh the community forward and I respect it but I don't want to keep talking can you introduce mm-hmm. yourself appreciate that man um and to a two in it um, from Rexdale, Toronto, via Ghana, and I'm excited to be here. It's a pleasure. Great intro, by the way. Oh, dang, yeah. no problem. Yeah. Dope. So, a lot of people know about your basketball history, how it started in Rexdale, yeah. and I've I've heard about you personally since a little kid up, but I, I never knew who you were. And then when I met you, I was like, oh, these are all the stories I'm I'm hearing about, right? So, take me through your basketball journey as a kid. Like, where did it start? Well, my basketball journey started... Um, when I was young, I was watching my older brother. His name is Magic. He's three years older than me. Mm-hmm. He really got me into playing basketball because whatever he did, I wanted to emulate. Mm-hmm. And um, growing, growing up, like, our time, Kipling and Steels, mm-hmm. um, we was out there, like, close to, like, Naki or some area. Mm-hmm. And we're just playing basketball in the playground with our older cousins. Mm-hmm. And um, I got a, a competitive nature that I always wanted to be even better than my brother or older people. So it helped me to have, like, something to push towards. And as we moved and moved to Humberline, and I grew up with a group of young gentlemen, such as you guys, the Wolfpack type stuff. We yeah, have, yeah, yeah. 15 to 20 guys, I love to play basketball, all different types of sports. And that's where kind of my competitive draft came from. Um, I started in, in junior school when I, w- I was playing with high school people. Mm-hmm. And then in high school, I was playing with college players. And sure. then from there, I just continued to gain my confidence. And I always was a guy that always wanted to push myself to the next level on the court. And I always like was ultra competitive. Okay. Like if I lost, I would like want to like get fight or even cry. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was one yeah. of those type of people. Like yeah. I didn't want to lose at all ever. And I would be the first one at the, at the park outside, the back of the building, and the last one to leave when the lights was on. And that was my mentality. Mm, okay, so right now you're do you're you wear many hats. I've mm-hmm. seen you do events. I've seen you do stuff for the youth. You're general managing the Niagara River Lions. River Lions. What else? Um, so I uh, work with the baseball team. I saw the Tigers as well. Yes. Um, I have my own brand, Noir and Noir. Yes. Which is um a lot of clothing aesthetics, but also events like you like you mentioned, and um. Pretty much, it's a lot in one, and I do a lot of consulting for other people as well, okay. like for their brands or you know for their teams, etc. Okay, yeah. okay. So I was doing my background, um, I was doing my research, right? And there's something that was very intriguing that stuck out to me. So your last year of university was Arizona State. Yes. And you were the captain of that team? Yes. And what stuck out to me is that there was a bunch of young players coming in that were super good, super talented, and you had to take a back seat, right? How did you deal with your ego at that time? Man, that was tough because um, I talked to m- our pl- my friends um, from college about that all the time. We still mm-hmm. talk about that. And um, it was a tough situation because um, I had a coaching change. Yeah. And people who don't know, the viewers, when you get a coaching change, I mean, Division One usually the coach brings in his players. Yeah. yeah. And um, you have to, have to transfer this, figure it out. And I was in a position where I transferred from a Juco already. Mm-hmm. And I really, really loved Arizona State. So the coach basically was like, you know what? You're probably not going to play, but you might end up being the captain because yes. you're actually our leader. Mm-hmm. And so I was, in, I was in a tough situation. And I, I had to look at myself in the mirror like, you know what? People at home are not going to understand. 
while I'm not playing yeah. and why I'm out of position, whatever the case may be, but it's bigger than me at this point. Mm -hmm. And I realized like I had a bunch, bunch of young guys from LA, Arizona, um, overseas, et cetera, that were like, I had to lead yeah. in practice, off the court, on the court, et cetera. And I just took that as my position. Like, you know what? I want to win and let me show I can win in this way. And I pushed everyone to the highest level and they pushed me as well. So my ego was, was, was killed at that time. Like mm -hmm. on the court mm -hmm. for the viewers, but mm -hmm. in the back end, mm -hmm. I knew I was, the, I felt I was the best. Yeah, yeah, like that's, yeah. That's I carried myself that way in practice. Yeah, even you like still have that competitive nature. You didn't give up. Yeah, even yeah. Even when we, we would be in the handshake line with other players. Yeah, and they know like the year before I was, I was dominating. I was playing well against them. Mm -hmm. They ask them what's going on. I tell them, don't get it twisted. Yeah, you put me out here, it's gonna be a problem for you. <laughs> yeah, like that's the, that's yeah. the energy I carried with myself. Yeah. I never had my head down. Mm -hmm. So I think those guys kind of gravitate to that as well. And it was tough, but you know, I got through it and I, I learned a lot about myself that year. Absolutely. So with basketball, right? I never got to play D1. I played at Sheridan, but sometimes I feel like you do this basketball thing your whole life, right? And you don't really, you're not really thinking about life after basketball. What type of advice can you give players that want to make that tr transition to when basketball is done? Because sometimes that's tough for people and they don't get out. 100%. And we actually have a program in Niagara called okay. Life After Basketball called The Lab, where we kind of facilitate financial literacy, entrepreneurship, yes. real estate, um, yep. clothing lines, whatever you do. Mm -hmm. And we facilitate those res resources for our players. Um, my advice to um, basketball players and hoopers is what advice the Hall of Famer gave me when I was expressing myself about how much I wanted to make it to the NBA. Mm -hmm. And he asked me, so what else do you do other than basketball? And I was like, nothing. I just play basketball. He said, you got a problem. Mm -hmm. Like, you need to be doing other things other than basketball if you want to on propel yourself in life mm -hmm. and find stuff that you that you're interested in. And my number one thing was I started picking up books. I started reading. I started becoming an avid reader. Yeah. And um that kind of opened my mind, opened my cerebral cortex, like yeah. different things. And yeah. I started like that got me interested in what you're doing. Yeah. Uh, all the books that you post. Right. I'm like, okay, like yeah. I can learn from me. Hundred percent. Like it, it got it got me interested in different things. And it, it makes you not be afraid of when the ball stops bouncing. It makes yes. you actually get excited. Like when the ball stopped bouncing, I got more time for other things. Yes. Versus like, oh, what am I do next? Mm -hmm. I get time to like relax and, and try different endeavors. And I mean, once you're a basketball player and you have that same um, workout mentality of the discipline of waking up, getting to the gym early, getting your shots up, working on your body, going to yoga, whatever you're doing, those same skills are transferable to like the workforce or to the entrepreneurial settings, or whatever mm -hmm. it is, you know, those are the same type of um transferable skill traits that like Fortune 500 companies, mm -hmm. CEOs look for when they're mm -hmm. trying to hire somebody. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And so you gotta just understand who you are and don't be afraid to like take risks. That's the biggest yeah, thing. Yeah, that's big, right? that's big. Not taking a risk is the worst risk at all. Yeah, like, facts. Gotta take risk. facts, facts. So I look at you personally like a culture leader, right? I appreciate that. And I see you, I see your versatility. I see, I could tell that you can speak in many different types of rooms. But I want to know where do you think the culture is today and where do you think it needs work? Mm. I think the culture, it's growing. And I think people are, are are trying to get out of their box. I think COVID did a good, COVID was like a blessing in a the reset. skies. Reset for people yeah. to realize like, you know, um, things can change dramatically. Who am I when, when, when they take away my, my title or my job or whatever I think is like the highest ranking of, of scholastics of mm -hmm. like, I got a master's degree in this. Mm -hmm. That doesn't matter when everyone's sick or mm -hmm. when people are dying. So I feel like um, COVID did a great job of resetting people. And I think the culture now is growing because I think people are now starting to get outside of their boxes and trying to do different things. And at least starting to work together now, yes. starting. And I think I where the culture too. needs to go is we need to have a lot more integration. Yeah, We need to I have agree. a lot more integration, a lot more collaboration. Mm -hmm. um, competition is great, but you know, unity is important. 100%. Like instead of trying to, Instead of trying to be Adidas versus Nike, let's work together and get to a level higher than that. Yeah. Like those are brands that built themselves off of, you know, 
other people's um, dreams, dreams mm-hmm. and goals and aspirations. Mm-hmm. And they were smart enough to, you know, navigate and, and market themselves that way. Mm-hmm. But it's now it's our turn to actually work together and provide those resources for each other. Mm-hmm. And the opportunities are there as long as you just got to sit down at the table and, and break bread with each other. Yeah. You know, there's enough for everybody. Okay. That's what I think has to go to. Okay, dope, dope. And one thing I noticed about you, like I said, you can go in any type of room and be yourself, right? But I feel like that's hard for a lot of people. So you you hear the terms like code switching, right? So how do you do that and be authentic to yourself? Right. Well, that's a great question. Um, First off, to be able to code switch is you have to have a great understanding of knowledge of self. Like knowledge Mm -hmm. of self means know thy ledge. So you know when you walk into a room like, I don't read books just to read books. I read books so I can read a room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I yeah. can read energy. Yeah. Like reading books is like, it's kind of like the in-between of what life is about. Mm-hmm. Like just, just pick, picking up a book and reading it start to finish. Yeah. Some books you got to rush through. Some books you got to sip. Mm-hmm. Some books you got to put down and come back later. Yeah. But it's the same type of environment when I go into like a Fortune 500 company meeting or when I go into a locker room with my players mm-hmm. or when I go into a board meeting. Like I'm, my ability to read the room is impeccable because I read so many books. And that's the number one thing. You got to be able to code switch, but know where you are. Yeah. And when you know who you are, it's easier. So I can go in as me all the time. Mm-hmm. But do I need to be on 10 all the time? No. Like when I walk into a room of people who may not know my tone, I may have to mm-hmm. tone it down a little bit because True. I can come off aggressive yeah. if they don't know my tone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now yeah. when I'm in the locker room with my guys, they know like yeah. this is how I really am. So like there's another version of me. Mm-hmm. So I, I like I, I break it up in portions of like my energy and how I feel. Mm-hmm. But in, the, the number one thing is to coach, which you have to know who you are. True. And don't be, and you can't be afraid of who you are or, or like, it comes with a supreme confidence. Yeah. Almost like a conviction of like, this is who I am. Also to it, is it um, important to know what you want as well? Yes. I, great, great question. Know what you want, but know what others want. True. Like be, um, add value. Yes. Know what you can add value. Because a lot of people, I don't want to say a lot of people, some people have a sense of entitlement and they walk into rooms thinking like, I'm that person that you guys need to talk to. Yeah. When all actuality, if you're not adding value to the room, you shouldn't be in the room. Yeah. Like if you're the smartest person in the group chat, you got to get out the group chat. Yeah. You got to add value to rooms that you're going to or they won't keep you on. Yeah, yeah. Okay, dope. So right now you're uh, the GM of uh, the Niagara River Lions and mm-hmm. I see the culture here. The first time I, I was at the game, I was like, something's different over here, right? right? And I just know that I noticed the unity of the team and I noticed how I, I like I watch body language. Mm-hmm. So I was watching you engage with the team after the game. What are you doing that's different out here? Um, I think I just... Not just myself, um, credit to our staff. Mm-hmm. Our staff is phenomenal from the front office to our managerial staff, to our coaches. Mm-hmm. Everyone plays a role in it, um, even down to the players. And I think um, I believe in I believe in togetherness. I really believe in family environment in the locker room. Mm-hmm. I believe in one guy falls down, three guys pick him up. Mm-hmm. I believe in leading the league in high fives. Mm-hmm. I believe in leading the league in productive huddles. Uh, I believe in making sure we eat together. The details. Details. I believe in making sure we can call each other out mm-hmm. and have constructive criticism type conversations, mm-hmm. you know, uncomfortable conversations for others. And I believe in, you know, putting everything on the table and you know, the whole staff believes in that as well. So we try to just carry those mantras and it becomes part of our fabric or, or, or our culture here. Yeah. And as you build it, when you see it falling off, people know like exactly who we are, the details to it, so we get back to it. True, and true, so, I mean, that's that's pretty much what we're doing here. I don't know what others are doing, but I try to focus on what we do. True. That's the biggest thing. I try yeah. to keep the outside noise. Yeah. Comparison's a thief of joy. Comparison to thief of joy. <laughs> I'm not com- I can't compare with you guys because yeah, yeah, I don't yeah. even know what you guys are doing. Yeah. Like, I remember going to a game, I think, in Guelph and in Scarborough, and I think in Hamilton, just to watch a game, and people came, are you scouting? Or are you sitting... I don't know. I don't even care about you guys. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, none yeah. against them, but yeah. I don't even care what you guys do. Yeah. I'm focused on Niagara River Lions. Yeah. Like, I'm here to just to watch the game and enjoy myself. Hell I'm not yeah. even looking at your players like that. I'm just looking at the scoreboard and having some popcorn. Yeah. But my, my goal is to always 
keep the outside noise the outside and just focus on what we got going on in our locker room and, and on our organization. Okay, dope, dope. So I know you 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 mentioned having supreme confidence, right? But even with supreme confidence, everybody has their bad days, yeah. right? How do you handle that? I meditate a lot. Yeah, I meditate too. a lot. I meditate um, almost daily or six days a week. Mm-hmm. Also, I try to get my yoga in there. And then also, um, when you have your bad days, you got to always remember it could be worse. That's always my saying. Yeah. It could be worse. Do you Have you read uh, Think Like a Monk? Of course. Oh, that's, that's, that, my that, fav- that's my favorite, one of my favorite books. That's my favorite book and one of my favorite yes. books ever is Think, okay. Think Like a Monk. And um, and then The Monk That Sold His Ferrari as yeah. well from Robert Sharma. Yeah, that's like, a big one. Like, these are the books that, like, give you, like, perspective on life. Mm-hmm. And I, everyone gets in ruts. Everyone goes through to tough times. When, when I go through those times... I try to take a step back, mm-hmm. step back and like see the bigger picture. I zoom out. Yeah. Sometimes we're too zoomed in, yeah. we're too focused on like the end goal of let's make sure we win a championship. Okay, like there's only gonna be one team that wins. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like even if we go 15 and five, we get to the finals and we and we don't we don't win like the championship. What else are we winning in general? Mm-hmm. I want to provide like a phenomenal um, platform for young men and organizations to like propel to the next level in life. Yeah. When they enjoy their summers when they're here yeah. and the crowd can come watch a great product on the floor of respectful people who want to play the game at the highest level and people can take that away when they go home like listen I watch a good basketball game yeah. and the players can go back to their next spot like yo I enjoyed my time in the, the experience the experience is everything yeah. so like you got to zoom out sometimes like sometimes you got to sit back and look like man I went from you know doing Florida's at Arizona State to like helping young men get to their goals and, yeah. and it's a blessing at the end of the day Yeah, yeah, not, yeah. sorry not the end of the day at the beginning of the day yeah. I don't like the end of the day with that yeah. Okay, dope. So what does generational wealth look like to you? And Man. how are you starting to accumulate that? Man, generational wealth is everything. I have, I have a son, he's 10 months now, Amari, Amari congrats. Prince, and um, thank you. And um, First, first, first yeah, oh, congrats. And, and appreciate it. And generational wealth is more than just like um, finances. Mm-hmm. Generational wealth for me goes more so resources. Emotions, emotional intelligence. Emotional intelligence, mm-hmm. relationships, mm-hmm. relationship equity. Mm-hmm not just teaching my son, but showing him, mm-hmm. like demonstrating like, this is how you build a network that can that can help you for the rest of your life. Yeah. It's not all about finances. You think it's all about finances. The richest people are sorry, the most wealthiest people don't use their money. Yeah. They have relationships where they can come make a phone call and they get a private jet. Yeah, exactly. They make a phone call and they get first class. They make yeah. a phone call and they go into whatever restaurant they want because their friend owns it and maybe they leave a good tip. Yeah. And that's how the, the money circulates in, in type of generation that they do. So for me, I want to just demonstrate like, to the next generation coming up that it's more than just having finances. It's all about how you treat people True. and adding value to others. And now it builds up your wealth because wealth comes in different ways. Yeah, You know, yeah, wealth yeah, comes yeah. different ways and how you show people respect, admiration, um, care, all that stuff builds wealth. So I want to show my son how to build wealth that way. Okay. And, um, not just finances. And then teach him how to use finances when it comes to money. True, true. So for like the older guys, let's say like the guys on your team right now and they, when they came to the team, they weren't really thinking about generational wealth. What type of lessons are you teaching them now to start open up their mind? You know what? A, a big lesson I can when when I walk when I talk with my players, like I don't try to like force things towards True. them. I just try to like plant, seeds. Lead, plant seeds and lead by example. Yeah. You know, and if you if you want to understand the flower, you sometimes you come and study the seed. Yeah. So yeah, they yeah. see how I move and they see how I'm how I'm navigating maybe, and you know these guys are they're intrigued by it. You know, I I, I pride myself in being a visual representation mm-hmm. of like you know. Um, a confident, you know, leader, not yeah. just not just color, skin color, but you know, just confident leader. Period. Yeah. That you know, just I mean what I say and, and say what I mean and get things done. Mm-hmm. And I and whatever it is that they need, I'm gonna figure out the best way to do it, and then also teach them while I'm doing it. Mm-hmm. So like, there's like um, an educational component there. And um, when we talk about stuff like that, I just 
teach them the game that I got. Yeah. You know, and tell them to take it further. That's the biggest thing I could do. Yeah. Okay, dope. Do you see yourself a general managing NBA team? Yeah, for sure. I mean, those opportunities are, are, are coming around and a couple calls came in this year. How do you well, even get, like, okay, how do you even get into general managing? Like, what, what what's the criteria there? You know what? Um, I didn't even know. I mean, I was, ma- <laughs> I was managing, like, a couple of my friends um, that are in the NBA and helping out with the different things and yeah. obviously doing event management. True. And, um, you know, it kind of landed on my lap. And um, I always had a thing for putting teams together and, and building culture. Yeah. And um, that's I think people get into it different ways. Okay. That was my way of getting into it because I already had a niche for it. Yeah. And I felt like... You know, I was really good at understanding, you know, what pieces go well together. True. My last year at Arizona State, when I was the captain, I didn't play. Yeah. I would go to the coach like, you know what? This lineup don't go well together. Mm. Add this guy to that lineup. Mm. He'd be like, okay, Tui, I see what you see. So that all like... That counts. All that counted. Like me not seeing the bigger picture then, but understanding it now, that helped build me to where I am now. Yeah. You have to sit back and zoom out and not think about myself and put others first was important to me. Yeah, Important yeah, to yeah. the team. That, actually, to be honest, that in my opinion, that's like real leadership. 100%. You know, that you don't, um, that you don't, you don't teach in a way that I'm better than you, but you kind of bring down people to your level and then teach in that way. Yes. I, my biggest thing is trying to help people see their light. Exactly. Other than see my light. Exactly. Show them their light. That's important Exactly. To me. Exactly. So I know you got a nonprofit, right? Yeah. Talk to me about that. So we have a, I have a nonprofit with a couple of partners called Youth R Us. We yeah. started in like 2010. Um, it's in predominantly in Rexdale. We also had like a, a mini prep program out of there with YRU. you yeah. get like um, players who didn't get as much um, exposure. Basketball okay. wise, we have like an incubator called Score 4D, mm-hmm. like dedication, determination, discipline equals dreams. Okay. You got to score 40 points in our course yeah. to actually graduate with different like components. Okay, um, that's sick. So it was dope. It was it was great, man. I learned a lot through it. You built it, it from the ground up. From the ground up. From wow. the ground up. That was, that was my amazing. first project after basketball. Yeah, was like yeah, yeah. Us. And um, we haven't done much with it since COVID. Okay. But before we do like basketball tournaments, events, we had the um, the how to be um a rising. Student athlete when you're in grade seven, grade eight, grade nine with Slam Magazine years ago, we had a lot of people in it. And um, we built like a great database through that with players and be able to build relationships with players now that are in college and in the NBA that came from that program. So it's great. That's dope. What would you tell your 20 year old self with Mm. all the experience that you've been through? I'll tell my my 20 year old self to to enjoy enjoy the moments more. I think when I was 20, I was rushing a lot. Yeah, and how how so? I wasn't very patient. Like I wanted things right away. Like I wanted, to get to the NBA. I wanted to get the best deal overseas. Yeah. I wanted to come back home and and do this, that, and the third. I wasn't very patient. I wasn't really looking at the bigger picture. In the moment. In the moment. I didn't enjoy the moments like I should have. Yeah. And I think as I matured or um I got I became a lot more patient. I enjoyed um the little things and the subtle things. Yeah. And um that's I carried me to to the next level. It's yeah. being patient. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so you mentioned patience, right? So I'm gonna kinda like take it back a little bit, right? So how, when things, actually, I kind of asked you this already, but when things don't go your way, how important is patience come in? That's that's everything. Because <laughs> when things don't go your way, you think it's not going your way, but it really is. Because that's the universe working things out for you. I remember yeah. there was one time, um, I was supposed to take a flight from Houston to Toronto. Mm-hmm. And I had to get to Toronto in my mind, like for Friday, because I wanted to go out with my boys. Yeah. And the flight got delayed. Yeah. And I was so mad the flight got delayed for the whole night. Like we had to stay in Houston for the whole night. Mm-hmm. And I was so mad, like I can't believe this. And literally the next morning when I got to the flight, I met um an important person. I'm not gonna say their name. Yeah, yeah. A important person that became my mentor, like Ooh. to this day. Mm-hmm. I met them going on to the flight and I'm and like, And you would have never met them. Never met him. 
but never wow. met him. And, I, wow. and, I, and this person lives in Houston, and I always looked up to this person because it wasn't just, well, he's not just basketball, he's more in the music industry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he does, he's done a phenomenal things. I haven't. Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, and going onto the plane, I, I got an opportunity to meet him, shook his hand, and we talked the whole flight. Amazing. The whole flight, and then literally exchanged numbers and got to Toronto. And we went out for dinner the, ne the next day and, yeah. and sat down and built a relationship from there, and he taught me so much about life. Wow. From that, wow. but I was I was so much in a rush to get back to go out. Yeah, I would have missed the opportunity to meet someone that's been pivotal to my growth in life. Wow, so wow. patience is everything. Cool. So you mentioned a mentor, right? How important is for like us to have a mentor? Man, having a mentor is extremely important, especially um, having someone you can bounce your ideas off of mm -hmm. and bounce um, what you're going through mm -hmm. off of, and just let people know like. Um, they'll let you know like it's okay to go through this progress. True, they understand true. like they've been there already. Yeah, yeah, so, you yeah. Know, having good mentors is important as well. Okay. Because when you become when you have good mentors, you obviously become a mentor as well to them as well. Because they're, they're going through what you're going through because you're 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 telling them about it, so they yeah. get to go through what you go through as well. Get to learn about it as well. Because mm -hmm. the goal is to be a, a lifelong learner. Fact. We all don't Facts. know it all, and um, some things you may go through, they may not may not know. Yeah. And now you have someone you can balance ideas off and work with it together. Yeah. So that's important. And how do you go about like even getting a mentor? Because some people, they come to you like, and it's always about, it's one-sided. They right. just want all this information, but they don't want to add value. Right. So how do you, how do you give, like, how do you give back to your mentor? Well, the biggest thing, like you said, add value. Figure yeah. out what True. your mentor likes. Your mentor True. may like wine. Yeah. They like bottles of wine. They may like books. They may like different things. Figure it out what they like and, and add value to them in a different way. They may need someone to listen to. Mm -hmm. You know, when, when, they, when they're going through whatever they're going through. So be a listener, be an avid listener and, and figure out things that they love to do and, and add value that way. Okay, dope. So here's a question that I ask everybody on the show. I want to know what's the best advice that you've gotten and what's the worst advice you've gotten. You don't have, you don't have to mention any names. No, I, I'll stay away from mentioning names. So people <laughs> looking for me. Um, the best advice I, I ever gotten was, um, was from a book. It was yeah. from a book, um, the Robin Sharma book, and that's um, Lead Without a Title. Oh, and, I never read that one. Yeah, lead, okay. Be a Leader Without a Title. And in the book said, it says, um, having pressure is a privilege. Wow. And that's I remember when I, was going, when I was going through like a rough patch, yeah. like wise, you know, they say heavy is the head, but yeah. there's so much going on at once. And I remember reading like having pressure was a privilege. I put the book down. Like, this is it. Makes sense now. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, it's, it's a privilege to have pressure. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And then the worst advice I probably got was, um, if it's too good to be true, you shouldn't do it. Mm. That's the opposite. If it's too good to be true, go for it? Go, if, if they said, if it's too good to be true, you shouldn't do it. Mm -hmm. Nah, that's wrong. Yeah. If it's too good to be true, the universe is probably aligning for you. Yeah. You know what facts, I'm saying? Facts, like, you just probably just don't know it. Yeah, like, you yeah. probably, it's like the, the Chinese bamboo, um, Chinese bamboo stick uh, mentality. Like you built for 10 years with doing the same thing every day and all mm -hmm. of a sudden um, it grows mm -hmm. like the 10th year. Okay, well, it looks too good to be true, but you put in all this work ahead of time. Facts. People don't see the work you've put in. Facts. Like, you know what I'm saying? So it's important to go after things that you want as well, okay. even if people think it's too good to be true. Okay, dope. And real quick, top three book recommendations. Oh, easy. <laughs> Alchemist. Yeah, that's a good, um, that's a good starter. One. Alchemist is a great starter to open yeah. your mind. Um, obviously, my favorite, one of my favorite books um, the the monk that sold his Ferrari. Yeah, that's a good one too. That's Did you monk. read the Five A.M. Club by yeah, him? Five yeah, I like I like yeah. that one too. Um, think like a I, monk up there. Think like a monk's up there, but I, I'm a, I'm gonna go in a different direction. I'm gonna go with autobiography because this one is kind of like um, it makes you it makes you realize how what people go through. This one, think every little step, Bobby Brown. Oh, really? Yeah, interesting. A phenomenal read. Yeah, like it's a phenomenal read. It just makes you realize what people go through. Like yeah. It's, Things he's been through and it gave you a different perspective, perspective. on the situation. Oh my on gosh, the situation. On everything. 
on your life. You start thinking like, if this guy been through all of that, I can't complain about nothing. Yeah. He's still standing. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like so much, you got to read it first, but it's so much, I don't want to call it negativity, but a lot of adversity. Trials. The, trials and tribulation that the yeah. bounce back from. And he's still standing, so it's Shit. phenomenal read. Okay, dope, yeah. bro. So on the show, we want to make predictions. So in five years, I want to play this back. I'm like, Antwi said he was going to do that. Yeah. Where do you see yourself in five years? Five years, for sure, NBA general manager, for sure. <laughs> Let's get it. That Let's one, go. That was an easy one. Yeah. NBA general manager and also um, probably owning my own restaurant. Yeah? Yeah. You're into uh, food? Uh, yeah. Yeah? And into like, my, I'm into like experiences, right? Yeah, you so are. Like, yeah, yeah. I want to bring it out. I, I want to get someone that's really, really good. And um, the culinary side and, okay. and, and bringing an experience together. What type of restaurant would you have? Um, I'm not sure yet. I just want to have a restaurant that has a lot of really, really high end, but has a lot of vibes going on. Okay, like I want dope. music, I want live bands. You know, I want, Jeez, I want special rooms. Vibe. Yeah, yeah, special yeah. rooms. You can have hookah, play yeah. cards, whatever you want. My yeah. guys come in town, they have somewhere to go yeah. and politic. And, you know, they have privacy in there as well. And it's a great atmosphere, great ambiance. Yeah, okay, dope. So are there any last words that you can say to everybody just about, like, mindset um, and, yeah, just about mindset? It's important to have um, the right people in your in your life. Mm. It's very important because if people are not like giving energy to your to your goals and aspirations, they're taken away from you. Okay. Like it's important to have fountains in your life and not drains. True. Like fountains give you energy and you can pour energy back to them, and drains drain you from energy, and you have to be like, really like eradicate that from your life. So the growth mindset is only as far as the people you put around you. True. Because if you're bouncing ideas off others and you're telling people about yo, I got a goal of being an MA general manager, like Psh, that ain't gonna work. Like, yeah. you see, you, who you think you are, Masai? Like, <laughs> or you got people like, I'm going to be an enemy general. I can see that for you. Like, yeah. you, they need to hire you now. Like, that's what it should, the energy should be towards you. Yeah. Like, being a fountain versus when your friend has an, a clothing line or has something going on, they repost it for you. Yeah, exactly. You know what I'm saying? And versus just reposting um, Rihanna being pregnant. Nothing exactly. against Rihanna, but it's all love. Exactly. But, you know, you, ne you never met her from a canopy. Exactly. And that's important to have the right people around you. Like that, you you are accumulation of the, the four or five more people you talk to the most. Okay. And make sure you have the right people in your circle. Okay. It's very important. That's their biggest thing. All right. Yeah. One one question because you um you remind me of something. So in our culture, we like to say, "Oh, I'm with my day ones. I'm with my day ones." Mm -hmm. But sometimes our day ones can hinder us from growth. How do you break out of that? Man, I. <laughs> that's that's a phenomenal question. Honestly, it happens a lot. And um. Sometimes you can know someone for a long period of time. Yeah. But you have to understand, like, people are changing every single day. Now yeah. people say, I'm never going to change. You're, you're lying. Yeah. Everyone changes. Mm -hmm. If you don't change, you're, you're being stagnant. You're not growing. I've changed a lot. 100%. So when people tell me, oh, you know, I'm never going to change. No, I am going to change. I'm supposed to change. Mm -hmm. I'm supposed to grow. So, I mean, when you have a growth mindset, if the people around you that were there from day one are not growing and people that you're meeting now are growing with you, you have to, like, kind of, you know, go in that direction. And pleasantly let them know, like, if you want to come on this elevator ride with me, mm -hmm. you got to grow in some way, shape, or form. 100%. And if you can't, then we can be boys, but we can't be rolling around. Together like that. How are we supposed to be rolling around? Yeah. Because everyone has to hold their weight. You got everyone has to add, add value. I'm not saying you got to be on my level, but whatever you're doing in life, try to propel that to that level. So now yeah. we can we can speak on the same things. Mm -hmm. And if we really can't, then we can only speak on things we did back then. And I can't live in the past. Yeah, exactly. You know what I'm saying? I got I to gotta be able to tell my, teach my son stuff versus teach you. Mm -hmm. You know, so day ones or not. You know, it's all about growing and having a growth mindset. And if you have to let people go mm -hmm. on your elevator ride, you can't feel bad about it. Yeah. Because you wouldn't have to let them go if they were growing as well. Facts. If they took it upon themselves to grow. Jeez. You know, so it's, it's all right. You know what I'm saying? That's how it's life works. That's how it goes. Jeez. That's big. That's big. Well, I want to thank you, honestly, because I know you're a busy person for taking the time out and doing this interview. I feel like it's very important important and genuinely I look up to your movement and I what you're doing it. Because, you know, 
every book that you put on um, on uh, Instagram, I'm 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 screenshotting good, that. Good, good, good. I'm That's screenshotting, yeah. I'm That's screenshotting that yeah. because I'm like, oh, this guy's done another book. Yeah. It's crazy, but like you know, I try to keep up with that because I know how important reading is. So I just want to mm-hmm. let you know in person, like I look up to that, and it's important for the culture to see that, you know. He can look and talk like this, but he got this in his mind. Right. And I think that's super important. I, no, I appreciate thank that. Thank you. No problem. I appreciate that. No hey, and I love what you're doing. This is extremely important. I remember you came to one of my, you did one of my camps, I think yeah. it was like four years ago. Yeah. And you were just behind the camera, but I knew like you had a different look in your eye. Like you was like, every time I text you the time, he was already on it. Like it was like a second when you text me right back, your reply game was like this. Yeah, like, yeah. this guy's different, bro. Like yeah. he's so focused on everything he does. And yeah. I remember I'll DM you, hit me right back. Everything, this is extremely important. I love this platform. The reason I even came to speak because I feel like it's a perfect space to like, you know, give back. 100%. You're, doing, you're doing it the right way and I, and I appreciate that. And I want to give you your flowers as well. Continue to grow, continue to do what you're doing. Because I've seen you go from behind the camera <laughs> to in front of the camera yeah, and doing a, a marvelous job of it. Thank so you. hopefully we can come back again, reconnect uh, and we'll, we'll do more. Thank you, thank you. Love. Episode 29, Black yes, and Rich. Let's get it. Yes, sir. Black on black. If I studied that facts on facts.